Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can find the best private investigator resources using investigatorstoolbox.com? This resource community was built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. You can network directly with members, educate yourself through free webinars and blogs, and even create your own customizable research library. Membership starts for as little as 49 cents a day. Download the Investigators Toolbox app or visit our webpage at www.investigators-toolbox.com. Is a good case management system keeping you from taking your business to the next level? Crosstracks is the premier case management system for the investigative community. They're the only SOC 2 certified case management software available. Visit Crosstracks.com, tell them you're a listener, and save even more. Get a plan in place for the new year to grow your business to the next level. Are you a former FBI special agent? Are you in need of network referrals? If so, join SecureFBIDirectory.com today. SecureFBIDirectory.com is the exclusive networking tool of former FBI special agents actively engaged in investigative work. This site is the only networking directory in both print and digital formats for agents by agents. Members are listed alphabetically and by specialty and geographic area. With over 80 specialties in 85 countries represented, it's open season now for both new and renewing members. Go to securefbidirectory.com to become a member or renew your annual membership today. Congrats to our host, Matt Spare. He was just named Investigator of the Year by PI Magazine for 2021. You can get a copy of this great issue at PIMagazine.com. Welcome to this week's episode of PI Perspectives on this MLK Junior Day. Sunday, January 9th, 2022, a deadly fire broke out in an apartment building in the Bronx, New York. 19 people lost their lives in this senseless tragedy. Today, we welcome back Leo Vrionides, a New York attorney who will discuss the liability in this accident and give some tips on how to investigate cases like these. Please welcome Leo and your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare, your host. Uh, today, we are joined by, I feel like, our resident counsel. <laughs> so I want to invite Leandros Rianides back to the program. Leo, how are you? Hello, hello. All good here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, you and I were, were chatting yesterday, and the, the, the big news in the city, in New York City these days, um, is this horrible, horrible fire that happened um, on Sunday. Um, tragic. Yeah, tragic. Where, depending on the reports you read, I think it's 19 or 17 people had passed away and some children and, and yeah. things like that. So it's just a really a terrible thing that happened. So, you know, I wanted to have you come on here and just talk about it from a legal perspective or a uh, investigator perspective, because it is a quite a, a big topic here in the, in the tri-state area and just uh, kind of get your two cents on it. We haven't talked to you in a while. So uh, how was the rest of your year? Tell me before we jumped in, what, what have you been up to? COVID. <laughs> <laughs> COVID. It's been a COVID year. Uh, you know, not what I've been busy. The courts have uh, tried their darndest to move cases, and they're still trying, and we're just working a bit harder just to get them all going so we can end our cases earlier. Right. But uh, otherwise, it's still going. Yeah, that whole on again, off again, you know, we're going live with trials, now we got to postpone, and, 
Yeah, it's been crazy. And, he, and even with regards to uh, depositions and, and notaries uh, online, there was a, a recently a big uh, bill that was signed by the governor uh, to, um, to allow that to be done on a permanent basis, which I think is pretty cool for you guys. Yes, it's great because now we can, you know, my, my office personnel can notarize persons who are in another county uh, just by a contact, a Zoom conference, which is great. Yeah, they just have to be in the state of New York. I think that's the yes, only, uh, exactly. The only, exactly. The only deal. So that's good. Not so great for the investigator, but good for the attorney. Well, the, the other good thing the, the governor just signed was the uh, the Insurance Information uh, Act that now allows, now, now it's mandatory that defendants have to provide you insurance agreements, insurance contracts. Um, uh, and they have to be certified, and so they can't hold back. And they've got to tell you if there's excess coverage. Now they've got to tell you early. Yeah. They can't wait until the end or just uh, uh, before trial or not even at all. Yeah. Now they have to tell you whether they have excess coverage, which is fantastic for us. Yeah, and here's where that comes in uh, on the investigative side. Just because they tell you they have the coverage doesn't mean they're going to tender the coverage. Well, <laughs> so uh, once you know what you're dealing with, you know there's a good chance the uh, attorney client will be willing to spend money to work the case up if there's a good policy behind it, right? Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so that's uh, that's actually good news. Um, yeah. So let, let's let's jump into this uh, issue here. So just uh, w- let's get into the facts of what happened, right? So this was, um, it would have been the 9th of January uh, when this happened up in, in the Bronx, New York, um, with a, um, a, a big building um, where a fire multiple broke out. Multiple dwelling, yes. Yeah, multiple dwellings. So, so tell me a little bit about what you know about uh, the incident and we'll... Well, basically, I've I've just been seeing what I've I've learned about it on the news, uh, and it's coming down to um, uh, code violations. It's basically what it's coming down to. And and the the most glaring one here is that those types of buildings, in fact, in New York City, any building that has three or more apartments, dwelling units, must have self-closing doors uh, and fire-rated doors uh, to be self-closing at the entryway of each apartment. Uh, And that's basically to stop the fire from spreading, spreading, to stop smoke from spreading throughout the building. And in this particular case that happened on the night, the the majority of the persons died from smoke inhalation, Mm -hmm. not from actual burns, which if that door closed could have saved quite a few people. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about that movie Backdraft, right, you kind of understand how oxygen feeds, feeds fires, cause things to spread. And, and obviously you get those smoky conditions when things are burning. Um, it, it, it's really a, a game changer. I know speaking from my own personal experience in building a house recently, you know, you know, those fire rated doors, like you, they're important. You need them, you know, um, you know, in, in certain areas like going into the garage or whatever. But in these buildings, I mean, if they, they got to be at the point of entrance to each apartment, uh, which I know was one of those issues. Then you get uh, issues with smoke alarms. Uh, you get issues with um, yes, sure. smoke detectors. Uh, you've got uh, fire escapes, whether or not they're up to code, um, whether or not they're gates and the gates are locked and you're supposed to have easy access to it. Like, th- these are all factors uh, that I'm sure will be looked at in this, in this instance, right? Oh, absolutely. It's basically pull out the, the building code uh, related to fire safety and go down the list. Right. And, uh, and uh, you know, everything from fire extinguishers to self-closing doors, fire-rated doors, fire-rated walls, fire-rated sheetrock, uh, the, 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 the exit stairway uh, doors, uh, what they have to be made of. It's all in the code. Right. And, uh, and if, if the building owners and managers aren't maintaining the, their buildings to the fire safety code, 
uh, they can be found responsible for for anything that happens there. Yeah, and I I believe it's like every five years they're inspected. Is is that correct, or or am I um, remembering I'm not that correct? Exactly sure of yeah. the interval. It might be three. I'm not sure if it's five, but it might be three. Yeah. Uh, and and for what I'm finding out is that this building also had certain violations relating to um, fire rating walls and sheetrock and that kind of thing. Um, and, um, that, that they've been violated, whether they, they cured them all is another story, yeah. but, um, and, and my understanding is that when the inspectors go in to look at those things, they also look at the self-closing door issues in each apartment when they go in, but, um, uh, whether or not they've got, they got violated for this particular apartment and this particular door, uh, uh I couldn't tell you at this point that I guess the investigation will be ongoing and, yeah. And the fire department and building department will probably uh, know that pretty soon. Yeah. And as an investigator working on these types of cases, as a private investigator, essentially, you know, these records are available uh, as far as the, the prior violations and things like that, if you know where to look. Um, exactly. and, and, you know, you think, oh, I'll just foil it. No, you can't just foil it. You have to foil like the per- correct place. You got to know the correct place to foil it. Cause if you just send a, a foil out lottie dottie to the city of New York, they're going to return, you know, no, nothing found. So, uh, actually when in these cases is HPD, right? The housing, um, preservation, HPD, yeah. uh, development. HPD would have those records. Yeah. They're, they're the ones that, that maintain that. And not a lot of people know that, you know, so you know, in doing the investigative work, you know, really learning where to look to find these particular records and in whatever city you're in or whatever county you're in, you know, these records are maintained if you know where to look for them. Um, yeah, obviously, New York City is a, b- a bigger animal than, you know, uh, upstate New York. But well, the bureaucracy, yeah, there's, yeah. there's many more agencies that, that they have overlapping roles. Right. But generally, HPD would have these types of records. Right. You would think like, oh, Department of Buildings, that's where it would be. I'll go and, and you go online to Department of Buildings and they have a violation, you know, thing you can check online and you check for violations and, and there's no nothing to do with fire escapes or, or, or fire rated doors or sheetrock or any of that. Right. And you, and you feel like there's nothing there, but obviously you're just looking in the wrong place. Right. Yeah. The building department stuff is more structural in the sense of, uh, 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 boilers, heaters, elevators, um, the actual structure of the building itself, garages, basements, uh, um, and any, any new permitted work that would need to be done on the, on a building. Um, more of that kind of stuff as opposed to what HPD would have, which would be more of the violations for the, the fire safety. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, it's all, it's all a, a point of knowing where to look on this stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I, over the years, man, I, I've had plenty of these types of cases. Um, some, even with your office, uh, you know, yeah. where, you know, getting fire marshal reports and, and getting the, the initial report, like it, it's difficult, especially now with, with COVID and FDNY, like closing down their uh, records department where you got to sure. actually file for everything. Things did not get easier. Let me put it that way. No, no, no. And, 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 and the odds of, of you getting a uh, nothing found return are that much greater because people just want to clear stuff off their desk. You know, I'm convinced that happens. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but you just have to be persistent. Yeah. Uh, the more you bother them at some point in time, you're going to get what they need. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know there's, there's a big amount of advertising out there now for firms like yourself that, that are commenting on what happened and, um, you know, obviously saying we're, we're available to, to get justice for you, your family and all that. Like, how does that work? You as a, like a personal injury attorney, you know, obviously there's, there's deceased, there's a lot of deceased. Like, how does that, that whole case look like from, from beginning? Um, well, it, 
well, when you say from the beginning, basically, well, the family or representative would call us uh, and we basically get involved, um, start the investigative process immediately. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, I, I'm, I guess when I'm, I should clarify the question, who are you looking at? You know, what, what, look at? Right. Well, you see, right, right off the bat, the news gives you a good idea of who we're looking at. You know, they've already said self-closing door problem. Mm-hmm. We know it's a landlord management issue. Self-closing door, maintenance. Uh, why, why hasn't that door been maintained? Right. Um, is there an inspection program within the, the management company or building owner to go into each apartment every so on, every, let's say, once a year uh, and maintain the, uh, the doors? Right. Uh, is, there, is there any kind of regimen for uh, inspection that the smoke detectors work? Uh, you know, smoke detectors, if they're not hardwired, they usually run by batteries. Right. And the ones that run by batteries, you know, the, the code says that, uh, that, that, uh, that, that once the landlord shows that it's operating, it's up to the tenant then to, to keep up the, the battery changes or at least advise the landlord when the battery does go out. Right. Uh, but it, it still it still falls on uh, the way I believe it. It still falls on the landlord to make sure that all, the, all these things are operational. Everything works and is maintained for fire safety. Yeah. including fire extinguishers in, in different locations, whether they be in the apartments or, or in the, in the stairwells. Um, all of these things have to be, have to be looked at. And, and like I said earlier, if you take a look at the fire safety code, uh, it basically tells you what to look for right. uh, in these kind of cases. When you have something glaring like a self-closing door, okay, you've got that. Let's look at some other things though. Let's look at the smoke detectors. Let's look at uh, what happened in the hallway. You know, why did the fire spread so fast? Why did the smoke get to all these places? Uh, what else happened in the hallway? Were there any other uh, stairwell doors that were left open? Where, you know, what, what was going on? There's, there are many issues, but the code gives you an idea of what to look at. So the other thing, too, is this apparently was a space heater that um, malfunctioned, right? So looking for, right. um, you know, recalls or, you know, any kind of liability on, on the mechanism itself that failed, that, that, that caught on fire is another angle to take a look at, right? Well, sure, but that, that's that's probably the more difficult angle in the sense that number one, that thing is probably burned up. Number two, um, is it the space here? Uh, is it was it too close to to something that it shouldn't have been? Was it uh, was it a, a part of the, the residents' fault of why the fire actually started? Um, did the space here tip over? Now, so now a lot of many of the newer, actually uh, most of them, if not all, that are UL listed, if they fall over, they turn off. Right. Uh, was this an older model that didn't have the turnoff function? Um, you know, all, all of these things uh, I'm sure will all be in the fire marshal's report. Yeah. And it's a question of who that um, belonged to, too. Is it something that the building provided for each tenant or is it something the tenant purchased on their own? I mean, that's sure. kind of a long shot that a building would provide it, but you still got to look at it anyways, right? You got to yeah. oh, consider, consider all possibilities and rule out uh, what's what. Okay. So. So yeah, absolutely. And and the and I and honestly the sooner you can get in to the building, the better. Yeah. And that that will lead us to our next topic of Yeah, yeah, we're we're going to jump into that. So I want to take a break real quick and then then I want to talk talk about an experience you had when you first started like very very long time ago. Yeah. Um and then I'll, I'll talk about a couple of experiences I had uh, with, with with some different cases too. So everybody sit tight and we'll be right back. Want full data access without a site inspection? IRB Search gives you full social security numbers, dates of birth, up-to-date contact info, and so much more without the inconvenience or cost of an inspection. As an added bonus, you can access IRB data on any device in any location. You'll always have the best data anytime, anywhere. 
Visit irbsearch.com and use exclusive promo code PIPOD2021 for a free trial and 100 credits. Offer available for new and returning customers. Satellite Investigations is the premier investigation resource in New York State. Founder Matthew Spare was named PI Magazine's Investigator of the Year. If you need investigative assistance in New York State, visit their site at SatellitePI.com. Get results, not excuses. In 2019, Investigation Education Consultants added a new affiliate in its never-ending quest to provide quality professional investigative training. IEC is now offering certificate courses and investigative training online. Our website, IECOIT.com, will soon offer a certificate in professional investigation for those interested in entering the investigative field. There'll be standalone investigation classes for those seeking continuing education credits, CEUs, or just interested in taking classes for their own personal or professional interests. The classes currently available are Foundations of Investigation, Legal Investigation, Criminal Investigation, Fraud Investigation, Background Investigation, Interviews and Statements, Skip Tracing Locates, Ethics, and Report Writing. Investigator Toolbox members will receive a 20% discount off the listed price. So visit IECOIT.com. Registration is open for the next NALI Virtual Conference. This event takes place on February 11th. Speakers include Marissa Shalin, Nicole Boker-Gray, Marcy Phelps, Patricia Fisher, Brian Chase, and Michelle Stewart. Learn more at NALI.com. NALI. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Uh, today we have Leandros Vrianides with us. Uh, we're talking about uh, fires and investigations, fire investigations, and, and the whole legal process. Uh, Leo, I want to welcome you back to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so before we jumped out, we were talking a little bit about uh, when you first got into the business and a, a, a case you worked on that involved with the fire and a, and a fire door. Uh, so tell me a little bit about uh, young Leo and how you uh, <laughs> you got it done. Young Leo was the the premier investigator for this particular small firm that I was working at. Um, I would say maybe I don't know, close to thirty years ago, yeah. or or a little less. But um, what had happened is um, they were retained by a family um, whose two children um, uh, passed away in a fire. And what had happened was, in this particular case, it was in Brooklyn. And uh, what had happened was uh, a fire started in an apartment and the uh, door, the exit, door, the entryway door of the apartment didn't close behind the residents when they left. So when the fire continued to burn, it obviously smoke got into the hole and these uh, poor kids ended up dying of smoke inhalation. Right. Um, so they, and that family had nothing to do with the fire. You know, it wasn't it wasn't their fire. They didn't start the fire. They had nothing to do with it. But unfortunately, they their family ended up the victims of the fire. Right. Um, so uh, once uh, we were retained on the case, um, well, I began the investigative process. Basically, I was the investigator. Right. Um, and there was no uh, computer system to go uh, pull your. That, yeah, they, <laughs> you had to get you had to go to the scene. There, yeah. there were no way, no two ways about it. Right. You had to go. So I had my suit on. Uh, I go to the building. It was in the middle of the afternoon. Um, all right, how do you gain entry? Okay, many ways to gain entry into a, a large apartment building. Ring somebody's bell. 
say you're delivering something and they'll buzz you in right. one way try the super but generally you know in this kind of case you may not want to get to the super uh they may not talk to you they may not let you in they may alert the the property management or owners immediately uh and then you might not get entry uh, gain entry at all yeah. so if i remember correctly i might have acted as kind of a delivery guy uh, at that time yeah, it's pretexting and, man you you were ahead and, of your time you were doing what you needed to do to the building um, <laughs> yeah. so and i went to the apartment that caught fire um and uh the apartment uh was uh was open in the sense there was no entryway door uh it did have uh, some tape uh, so no one could enter but you know being the crack investigator i was back then well first things first i'm like where is the door um, so immediately I started taking photographs with an SLR back then, not the phones, right. you know, with a big clunky SLR, yeah, which you had uh, to develop probably, right? There was no, uh, not, yes, not digital exactly. right? <laughs> with, with film, like with a photo mat and get it done. Exactly. Make sure I had my flash on and everything. Right. And uh, looked at the door, the hinges were gone too. So all there was was the frank right. and the holes for the hinges and no hinges. Cause usually it'd be self-closing doors. The mechanisms are in the hinges. Correct. So, um, no door. So I made my way into the apartment. It's all burned out. Um, so what am I looking for? I'm looking for whatever the code says. Look, look for smoke detectors. I looked up to see where they were, how many they were, to see if they actually still worked. Um, and I, I looked around for a few boxes. Uh, I looked around uh, to see if there's any wires or anything uh, that, that might have blown in, in in the fuse box. I look for um, plug receptacles because if a fire started near or at a plug receptacle, you will see the flare up and the, the, the black rings around it from the actual fire uh, on the receptacle. Uh, so, and as I was looking for all of this, I was taking photographs of everything that I would see. Um, and as I was doing this, someone walks into the apartment. It was the super of the building. Uh, he says, hey, what are you doing here? Now, Obviously, I'm sitting there wearing a suit with a camera. I just looked at him and I said, hey, listen, we represent the family of the two kids who passed away. Now, the super knew the family. And based on that relationship, he was like, you know what? Whatever you need. Take pictures, but don't, you know, but don't hang out here all day. Okay? Right. And I said, no problem. So then I said to him, do you know what happened to the door? And he turned around and said to me, yeah. I said, what happened to the door? Because I got it in the basement. I was like, can you show it to me? And he said, sure. Took me down the basement, and there it was, the door with the hinges. I was taking photographs. I was working the hinges back and forth to see how they, whether they were actually working or not, uh, taking more photographs. And he says, uh, you know, I had to respect the, the man. He says, listen, you can't be here too long. Uh, you know, now you know, now you've seen the door, you're going to have to go. And I said, no problem. Thank you very much. Uh, left building, went right back to the office, made sure a letter to preserve evidence went out immediately. Sure, you had the serial number of that door and everything. Exactly. <laughs> right. The owners and management of that building. Yeah. And basically, uh, once that door was preserved, we were able to have our engineer look at it and obviously determine that the the self-closing mechanisms didn't work, and uh, we did well for that family. Sure. Because, but as as the, as an investigator, 
Know the fire code. If you're going into a, a, a building that, that had just had a fire, know what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, if the news tells you what you're looking for, okay, good. That's the first thing. But don't just go with that. Go with something else. Yeah. You know, go go see if there's anything else that might have caused any other problems, any other maintenance issues, any other any other uh, omissions by the, the management of landlord or or maintenance companies. Yeah. Um, so don't don't just stay focused on one particular thing, uh, but, but try and you know, uh, you know, keep your focus on uh, where the money might be, but look around for other things as so, well. So the, the other thing now with technology that you, you got to realize that they're out there, right? So you've got citizen, right? The citizen apps sure. where there's folks that could be outside taking video and photos and, and all that while things going on. Uh, Facebook has a group called F- uh, Firewire uh where uh they got these fire bugs apparently uh these people that listen to the scanners and when their fires and accidents they go to the scene and they report on it uh which is great yeah you can really get some you know this is what it looked like at the time that everything was going down uh you know advantage point why is that important well an, an expert can take a look and see how the the flames are reacting uh how the fire's being fought like there there are clues to you know, what's going on by having real-time video for sure. Um, you know, it's not going to tell the whole story, but it'll help fill in uh, the blanks on this stuff. Um, sure, the fire, the fire itself gives you much information. The way it what reacts. It yes. yeah. How it's burning, what color it is, how high the flames are. That's all the information that, that an expert can, can tell you what's going on. Yeah, what what's causing it to combust, right? Is there sure. any fuel there? Is it burning wood or plaster? Or is it, or is there actual oil or or other items? Right. Or is it a gas fire? You know, Con Edison. Right, exactly. It can tell you the material that's actually burning from the color of the flames and, and how they're burning. Correct. Correct. So, um, so then, you know, in interviewing eyewitnesses, uh, I remember I had uh, something down in Brooklyn. I worked on uh, down in Coney Island. Um, where uh, the uh, the building had uh, you know Johnny on the spot watch guard right this this guy was like he was the mayor of the building he knew everything that was going on and I was trying to speak to this particular witness who was not cooperating and it was like one of those deals where you know they come up to you and say hey what are you doing in this building now you can have the attitude of you know f you you know don't ask me questions I'm doing here because I'm doing what I need to do and get out of you know get out of my way and and have a bad attitude towards that or you can be you know like hey play some social engineering you know I really need your help I understand that you're the guy to talk to here you know help sure. me the, you know yeah. I I find sometimes the more straightforward you are with someone yeah the more they'll be like hey I can help yeah. you know as opposed to you know, uh, you know, there might be the time where you might need to tell a story yeah. uh, to get assistance in something. I get that too, but sometimes I find that you know, just be straight up and and. Oh, you know, I I always approach it with truth, man, because it's the, it's right in the same one hundred percent of the time, yeah. <laughs> you know. And when I got to recall it later from getting up on the stand, much easier. Uh, yeah, so, so being able to do that, but with this guy, like I was giving him street cred. Right, he was gonna now gonna be able to go to the building and be like, "Yeah, I helped out with that case." You know, this right. we were able to get resolution because I stepped in and helped this guy get what he needed, and I knew that was what was driving this particular guy. So it's like understanding the psychology behind it, and like, okay, this, I'm gonna insert this guy in the narrative, and he's gonna help me get what I need, and and I was able to sure. get exactly what I needed. I mean, it, 
within hours I'm, I'm taking a statement from the person I needed to talk to. And it would have never happened because it was Coney Island and uh, it was one of the projects in Coney Island and I wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like one of those deals. Um, well, but, generally, you know, during our investigations, we find a lot, hey, maybe we shouldn't be at a location, but if you don't do the investigation, yeah. uh, you know, th- that early investigation in the case either makes or breaks it. And if you don't get it done, yeah. and, you know, by hook or crook, you got to get it done. So That's- I'm going I'm to quote the dearly departed F. Lee Bailey, who once said, without investigation, there is no litigation. And uh, that's I, a good one. Yeah. I, I thought when the moment he said that, I was like, this is why this is F. Lee Bailey. This guy's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You may not agree with his, you know, what side he is on the bench, you know, in the courtroom, but man, that guy was good. <laughs> he knew his stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Very, Absolutely. very, very cool. Um, and you know, there are other types of fires and, and things to look at too. Stoves. You know, we, we've had a couple, I know I had a, a, one or two cases with you, um, yes. with stove cases. I've had a, a few other, uh, along the way where, you know, it, it, that's more of a product, right? You're looking at why this particular product failed, what caused it to fail. Um, I've had um, discovery inspections where I've shown up then and said, okay, you need to photograph this apartment or the, the remnants of it. You know, we need to understand how how this was cleared out and what was done here and, and you know, where are the smoke alarms, right? So I've got to make a diagram of the whole apartment and I've got to measure out where each smoke alarm is, where the windows are, what, what are the escape routes? I know there was one uh, uh, that I had done uh, a couple of years ago where there was a, a dog had died in the fire and the freaking carcass was still there and it smelled terrible <laughs> you know <laughs> so uh, i'm sure you took your suit to the dry cleaners after that visit oh, to that oh, uh, building yes. but, but, you know <laughs> the, the, the issue is though getting in there before they come in a uh, white box they sure yep because once they do that all the evidence is gone yeah and they won't do that until a fire marshal clears it yeah um, and um, once their investigation is over then you know this man I, i've known some management companies to go in immediately and next and you've got nothing to take a photo of yeah you know that's why the sooner you can get in there the better yeah and understanding that you know you know as long as the lawyer's been retained and and you're representing the family like you you have the right to be there you know this is a person's dwelling place you know they're you know there are certain rights that they have to have you go in and capture the way way it was so you know that you you talked earlier about the tape being across the door and you're kind of stepping through it's like you kind of had the right to be there this was that that person's um you know dwelling place so well well in, in this particular situation the the that the, and like in the case in the bronx the fire started an apartment and and unfortunately killed other people that were not in that apartment in other apartments and the same thing happened in the, in the like Brooklyn case years ago so i wasn't officially in my client's apartment right. i was now looking to see the cause right you're in the uh, exactly yeah. i i was now you know investigating uh like a fire marshal would to see the cause yeah. of this statue of limitations are over buddy so, you got nothing to worry about you're good right, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's 30 years okay <laughs> get me for trespass no now. one's gonna throw the book at you you're, you're okay yeah uh but but in, in all seriousness just understanding what, what you can and can't do on those situations is important too because you know like you don't want to get that that killer evidence you know the 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 answer to all the questions and have it thrown out on some technicality that you know you did something right. you weren't supposed to do so exactly. it's a fine line yeah right because i i said i didn't go down the basement myself 
the super took me down there. Right. No, this this was all invitation. No, you're you're exactly. hard, you're golden. I was invited yeah. to go, yeah. and so I wasn't trespassing in the building when it came down to finding that door. Right, and this goes back to social engineering too, right? So it, it, you know, you never know how someone's going to react unless you ask that question, or, right. or you know, it, when you when you present it in in a sense of authority too, like, oh, I'm going to need to see that door. Right. Oh, okay. Oh, like oh, I'll, I'll no, no, you know. I'll, generally, I'll a little authority goes a long way. Yeah. Um, especially you know, in, in a situation like that, you know, something tragic just happened. Right. You know, everyone feels for this particular family. So, what can we do to help? And then when you give it a little nudge with a little authority, it's like, okay, yes, sure. Right. No problem. Right. You know? Right. Right. So, yeah. so they're all, they're all different things to look at on this and different ways to approach it. Uh, my one suggestion, um, if, if you are an investigator working on these types of cases is just take your time and really go in with a game plan. And, and, and really this is one of those, all right, I got to have the methodology planned out of how I'm going to attack this and, and almost have like a checklist, uh, to make sure that you're covering everything and, and let the evidence take you where, where it's going to take you, you know, and, Explain that to your client. You know, they may have a budget on something, but, you know, these cases are potentially huge cases. And, you know, if you sure. can connect those dots for them, um, you know, to me, I, I look at this tragedy in the Bronx. And one of the first things I, I, I as an investigator in personal injury for the longest time, goes through my head like, man, I, I hope there's insurance on that building, <laughs> you know. Well, I'm sure, there, I'm sure there is on this one. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, the methodology. Look at the fire safety code. Yeah, that tells you what, tells you what to look for. Right. You can you can look at it before you go in. Make your checklist. Okay, am I looking for receptacles? Am I looking for uh, you know? Am I looking for uh, smoke detectors? What what am I looking for? And the safety code will give you a guide as to what to look for. Right, right, and how to how to approach it and uh, and all that. And yeah, just take your time and go through. And, uh, you know, cro cross off those checks, uh, check marks uh, as you're done. And, uh, sure. you know, you just do your due diligence. And sometimes you, you get what you're looking for and sometimes you don't. But at least you know, you know, that you made the effort. I, I remember there was one years ago, too, where uh, yeah, this was interesting. This was a, a fire started by uh, a kid, kids in foster home. And he had lit a, um, a mattress on fire intentionally. And the whole apartment caught on fire. And, and I think two people died. And, um, this kid was a minor who became an adult and whatever ended up in the prison system. Like, like they couldn't find him. So they hired me to find the guy. So I found him in prison upstate and, um, they're like, we need to go talk to the guy and get like a, a statement of what he did. Like, why would he give you a statement of what he did? Right. But they're like, okay, all right, I'll go. And I'd made the trip upstate and I went to the prison and, I was apparently the first guy like to ever come and visit this guy. And he sat down and he talked with me and he gave me a statement as to what happened. What was important about this statement was he, this kid was a firebug. This kid, you know, had a history of starting fires and because he was in the foster system, they were aware that this kid was lighting fires and they put him in a, in a place and didn't say anything to the family. And that was the gist of it. Right. So the, having that, prior knowledge of, of this kid with a propensity to burn stuff who ended up killing somebody and doing it. But I got a, a killer statement from this guy. Um, and, and he became, he became his best friend, you know, he, no one visits him. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. Like, and the thing is like, Oh yeah, he, this guy, Matt's here to see you. Who's, who's this guy, Matt? <laughs> like, but nobody comes to visit me. All right. I'll go, go meet with him, you know? And, um, I got him and I, I probably spent two hours with him, three hours. 
And uh, it, it was very interesting. It was almost like cathartic for him too, right? He just wanted to get it off his chest and really just talk about what happened. And there was definitely remorse there. I mean, as soon as I mentioned why I was there and what I needed, you know, it was like, what took you so long? <laughs> I got to get this off my chest. So yeah, it was a, it was a very memorable uh, experience. I mean, that's what I love about this job. You just never know where it's going to take you and what you're going right. you know, yeah, to do. True. Um, you know, if, and my client was very happy because not only did I find the guy, I got them what they needed. And I don't know how the case ended up resolving, but I'm sure it was uh, favorable after that statement. So, all right, man, we're going to wind down. Uh, I got to let you get back to work and do your thing. Uh, so uh, thank you so much uh, for spontaneously coming on and, and chatting about this. I just, uh, I wanted to get, to get some content out there with regards to the investigation on this, because it is, you know, a hot topic here in New York. Um, even though it is nationally, you know, this, the show's goes out nationally um it's it's worth talking about um this kind of stuff so uh why don't you tell folks how they can get a hold of you if they have any questions or just want to follow uh, you very easy uh injuries and accidents.com uh or 212-889-9362 easy to get a hold of yeah. and the main question for this bronx case uh, is where is that door today yeah who has it did the fire marshals take it or is it still in the building yeah, definitely. That's uh, something that I'm sure they'll get to the bottom of. It's going to be a long time before questions are answered. There's a, there's a lot to sure. sift through, but um, you know, I'm sure they'll uh, they'll get on top of it. So, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, we'll catch everybody next week on the next show. Thanks to our resident attorney Leo for coming back to discuss this tragedy. We hope the truth of what happened and finding these responsible could give peace to the families of the people who lost their lives. We also want to thank Crosstrack's IRB Investigation Education Consultants, Satellite Investigations, Secure FBI Directory, and NALI for sponsoring the show. So please help us support these great supporters. Have you thought about joining Investigators Toolbox? Now's the time to get on board and join the fastest growing digital community for investigative professionals. This month, on January 28th, Harriet Gold will join Matt on Investigators Insight to do a Q&A on subcontractors. They will also answer all your questions on how to use them or how to be one. This meeting is only available for Toolbox members. Get on board. Investigators-Toolbox.com If you have a question or a comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com and you can find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We want your feedback to bring you the best shows possible and we'll be back on Monday with a new show. So make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.